once you're set up in their zone, they're not great. And that's because they don't have that experience. The other thing is, and I know this is the elephant in the room, they don't have a goaltender. And as a result, that makes you a little bit more timid, no matter who you are, in your own zone, because you fear that every single shot has a chance to go in. Brian Elliott's going to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty good in St. Louis, but that was quite a few years ago. How long of the leash do you think he's on? Uh, they traded for Peter Morozik from Detroit. Uh, what would it take to get him in the barrel? You know, they want to give Elliott a chance, and that's why they. I think it's at least possible that they rushed him back. I mean, it's hard to figure out from a 53-day absence that he comes back with just two games to play in the regular season and doesn't look particularly good in those, I might add. Uh, three soft goals, all three of them against Carolina were stoppable shots. And then, you know, New York, the Rangers folded 10 two months ago. But when you look at the situation now, do you bring Mrazek in? I mean, the last time the Flyers were here just a couple of weeks ago, they were afraid to put Mrazek out there. They they went with, I don't even remember the kid's name. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> somebody, nobody. I, I remember that. His first name was Alex. I do yeah. remember that. He was yeah. probably their emergency goal. I think it was, yeah, it was French-Canadian something. Anyway, he... He was their guy, and he lasted for, what, about a period and a half? They want to give Elliott a chance to establish himself, mostly because they know that nobody else in the equation could. You know, to be fair, Dejan, I don't blame them at all for that, Mm -mm. because Brian Elliott at one time was a good goalie. He was okay. And I don't think that description's ever applied to Peter Morazic. It has not. Actually, it hasn't applied uh, to any Philadelphia goaltender since the current GM. Alex Leon. Alex Leon. Yeah, was I said the, it was French. He was their fourth goalie. They also have Michael Neuvert uh, on the injured list. And actually, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad he's on the injured list because... He might be the best of the three. Well, and the best against Pittsburgh based on past performance. He's done okay against yeah, the Penguins. Yeah, and, and he has a history with them, too. So he's got a little bit more of a knowledge. But, you know, look, that, that's their Achilles heel. If you're the Penguins and you don't come out just gunning in this game. Well, You're out of your mind. They've scored five goals in each of the four yep. regular season games against Philadelphia, and I see no reason why that can't continue. Uh, can Giroux and Voracek take over games the way Sid and Gino so often do? You look at the point totals of especially Giroux, and you figure it's possible, but, but boy, I look at Giroux and Voracek more as point collectors, steady producers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think they're going to take over playoff games. No, I mean, they're, unless they do it on the power play to reference what you said earlier. Yeah, that's you know when you talk about taking over games, we're probably talking about five or six guys in the entire National Hockey League. And Giroux and Voracek, with all due respect, they're both very, very good players. Aren't that the Flyers don't have that? What they can have, though, and this goes to your point, is piling up points and piling up uh, efficiency with the puck with a general forecheck that involves, they have good speed on the wings. A lot of these younger guys will come at the Penguins on the perimeters along the boards, and they'll beat them wide. And then those defensemen that we mentioned, the Shane Gostis bear, uh, these guys not, will, will, won't just join the rush. They'll lead the rush. And if you'll remember in that last game here, whatever it was, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Penguins were very poor, I thought, and more importantly, Mike Sullivan thought, at keeping their bodies in front of those defensemen, uh, making sure that they didn't get those easy shots. Well, now, part of that was those defensemen got out ahead of the play after bad turnovers made by the Penguins. Yep. And the Penguins have got to cease making turnovers, in particular at each blue line, because they were prone to that in that game. And when they've done poorly this year, that may be the biggest flaw. Yeah, it it was. And Murray wasn't very good in that game either, giving up a couple of unscreened 
long shots. In general, if the Penguins can find a way to front the Flyers, especially in the neutral zone and the defensive zone, they're going to get the puck and turn it back the other way, and they're going to score a bunch of goals. That, that to me, is the key to the series. It's, it's not something that's super complicated here. So bet the over. We're talking today on Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, Dejan, are the Penguins weak anywhere? When you look at them, we talked about the turnovers at the blue line. The PK is not great, but it's better than Philadelphia's. But is there anything involving the Penguins you would refer to as a weakness? You know, I'm not 100% sure that they're going to have four-line depth. And I don't say that expecting the fourth line to be as good as the third line. Well, well you see, but you I, don't want it to fall off a cliff either. I, I think that's always been kind of a, an urban legend with with the Penguins and with most good hockey teams. The coaches talk about rolling four lines because it makes everybody seem involved. Yeah, and usually I, when you look at the minutes played, the fourth line turns out to be a place to store penalty killers, but, and I think that'll be the case here. Yeah, but they don't have that either, and that's actually been my biggest concern with the fourth line. And, I, you know, they don't have great penalty killing. They don't have great penalty killers, and that's a big concern. You asked about a weakness going in. I go back to game six in Nashville when the Predators had all five of the game's power plays, and you had Matt Cullen. Uh, well, normally you would have had Nick Benino. He was hurt. But you had guys out there who were experienced and knowledgeable in how to cut off shooting lanes, and the Penguins haven't done that at all for two months. By the same token, statistically, Mm -hmm. their penalty kill wasn't much better last year. Uh, Overall, yeah, but they got better later in the regular season as opposed to what we've seen this year where it really dropped off when Ian Cole was traded. Well, you're right about the experience level Mm -hmm. on the PK last year, much greater than this year. What are your expectations for the... For the third line with Broussard, Sherry, and Kessel. And indeed, your expectations for having Gino, Sid, and Kessel on separate lines. Well, I think that uh, I, I think that with the third line, I know this. This is an intangible, but they've, they've really started to hit it off together off the ice, which is a nice thing to see. Uh, Connor Sherry in particular with those guys. It's not always easy to bring him out of his shell. They're starting to work together a little bit more. I like some of what they've seen. The concern I have with the third line is that when they're on, you're going to see three guys basically... Uh, going perimeter around the edges of the offense, and you're not going to have that one guy that crashes through, which is why I think there's at least a chance, Mark, that at some point in these playoffs, depending on how long they go, you might see Zach Aston Reese be a better fit on that line. I think so, too. Or somebody gets hurt, he jumps up. Right. And I think he's going to be a playoff producer, Dejan, because he makes plays in tight spaces. Yes. And the playoffs are all about making well, plays I'm in glad tight you spaces. Mentioned that. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because not many people seem to have recognized that part of his game. They think of him as just the guy that's crashing. Well, the no, crease. he's not a bruiser like Cornquist. No. What he does is he gets in front of the net, and the puck falls at his feet, move here, move there, open net. But not just in front of the net. And this is this is no. The, you're right in the corners yeah, along the wall. Along definitely. the wall, he will find a way to make space for himself, and then turn and make the right play and make it quickly. Make it at an NHL level as if he's been playing in the league for a while. That's the part that surprises me the most about him. Uh, what are your expectations for Chris Letang and Matt Murray in this series? Because those are certainly the two guys that the Hoy Poi talk about the most. I have total faith in both. I think they're proven players uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's not really an opinion, Mark. And will not. Well, right. <laughs> will, will <laughs> they not, are. They will not disappoint in no, these playoffs. No, they won't. And start, starting with Latang, this is the time of year where Mike Sullivan will go up to him and say two words, and he uses this a lot with Latang: just defend. Where he puts Latang in that mindset. This is something that back when Brooks Orpik was here, he used to drill into Latang to the point of really annoying him. I might add, where he would say to him, "Look." 
all of your game starts in the back end. If you go back there and take care of business, the rest of it just flows. The rest comes naturally. If he does that, he'll be fine. If he tries to go all over the place, then it's going to be a problem. Matt Murray, I'll tell you what defines his playoff, his round for me. That's going to be his ability to go east-west when Philadelphia has the power play. Remember, Marc-Andre Fleury, I thought, almost single-handedly beat the Capitals and their power play last spring, mostly because he could get over and stop those one-timers from Ovechkin. The Flyers love to do that left-right stuff. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, I think both Latang and Murray uh, will do fine. Uh, Matt Murray has no care about his statistics. Oh, my, And, no. and, and I've, I've run into very few goalies who are like that. Like Tom Barrasso, for example, would calculate his save percentage to the fifth digit while the game was going on. Uh, he, he cared that much about his numbers. But, but Murray He's just, not alone. A Murray, lot of guys Right, but Murray just wants to win the games. I used to think that was an affectation no. being cavalier about his stats, but he's a big save, big game goalie. He, he is, and that's. I think that's partly because if the way he entered this league, his rewards, his tangible rewards, have been the ultimate prize at the end. If someone told Matt Murray that in four or five years he might win a Vezina trophy if he might have this and this kind of number, he couldn't care less. Well, I mean, Mar- not that he Mar- turned Mar- it down. Barrasso Mar- won the Vezina's rookie year. Right. So he became a stats guy right away. Yeah, and he, he won that. I'm mean, really dating ourselves here talking about this, but he won that because Buffalo had a great defensive team and he had a good goaltending partner and they won it together. Well, he was pretty good, but I, but I hate to admit that ever. Uh, Dayon, how many games and who wins? I think the Penguins will take it in I want to say five, but I think it's going to be six because I really think that their penalty killing is going to slow them down and it's going to cause them problems. They need to sort that out. They need to sort it out in a hurry. So I'll say six. That's Dayon Kovacevic. Check out his work at DKPittsburghSports.com.